0: Just walk. Just walk. Check somebody on the other side and tell them walk. It seems simple in the conception of it. But by the time we're through with this, my prayer is that you see John chapter five verse 2 through 9 a little bit differently amen one more time, just look at somebody and tell them walk amen we find that in verse number 2 that Jesus has come to Jerusalem for a feast uh-huh. we're not specifically told what feast he is there for And at this point, I'm not overly concerned with why he's there. In verse 2, it says that at Jerusalem, by the sheep market, there's a pool, which is called Bethesda. The word Bethesda means house of mercy. Somebody say mercy. Mercy. I believe that we are all in need of mercy. I'm thankful that the mercies of God are renewed each and every morning. There are some of us who may deem yourselves worthy of God's grace and his mercy, but then there are some of us who are appreciative of the fact that every day God says, I'm starting over with you. No matter what you did yesterday, no matter what you did the day before, today you get new mercies. Maybe if I I explain what the word mercy means, you'll have a, a little bit of a different reaction. This word mercy means to treat kindly, to favor or to display or bestow favor upon. And so God says, every day, no matter what you did the day before, I've made up in my mind already to treat you kindly. I've made up in my mind to treat you favorably. I've made up in my mind that no matter where you are, I'm going to still be good to you. Even those who don't love God experience his mercy even those who have not decided to make Jesus their choice, God has already decided, predetermined that I'm going to treat you how I want to treat you, not how you act. Somebody say thank God for mercy. So we find that at the house of mercy is where all of these sick folk have gathered. You would think that. That place would be a place where, if I'm in need of mercy, then I can show up there and get what I need. But the truth of the matter is, many people gather at the place, but they didn't all come for the same thing. Sometimes the house of mercy can turn into something else, while they to say nothing. And so we find that the house of mercy now is just a gathering place. For the sick, yeah, yeah, yeah. where it was once a place of deliverance, a place of healing. Now it's a place where the sick folk just gather to talk about all the issues. I'm just talking about the House of Mercy. It used to be a place where you could go and get delivered if you had some issues, healing. If you wasn't feeling well, a place where you could come in one way and leave out feeling a little bit better. But now it's no longer the House of Mercy still has the same name, but not the same effect. Right. You have people who are just gathering on the outside, but won't come in. Yeah, what we see at this house of mercy is that people who Just gather on the outside and and, and look at how pretty the water is Enjoy how the choir sings, enjoy how the pastor preaches But won't jump in the water What you find at the House of Mercy Is people who just show up to criticize those who get in the water Y'all don't want to talk that to me. You have at the House of Mercy people Who think that it's supposed to be one way Want to tell you how to do your business But they don't want to jump in the water. You find at the house of mercy people that look just like you, people who act just like you. What happens at the house of mercy is you begin to come in and make excuses as to why you ain't got in the water yet. What happens at the house of mercy is you become comfortable where you are because you think you're in the right place but you ain't getting the right thing. A true house of mercy is a place where you'll experience the power of God. A true house of mercy is where you show up and you ain't got yourself together, but the Lord speaks through somebody and somehow, someway all of your issues seem to pale in comparison to what God is doing. And the house of mercy is a place where you come with your life as a living hell and you can come into the presence of God and it seems like it only some mercy. I thank God because grace is what you didn't learn. Grace is God just saying I'm going to bless you anyhow, but upon reading trouble about this mercy, I don't want grace without mercy. Grace, I need you, but mercy, I need you too. You got somebody to tell mercy! I need mercy. I just the reason that God says every day I'm gonna press reset. Yes, hey! I'm talking to the folks who still think about stuff you did yesterday. You on to God talking about what you did yesterday, and God said, I don't know already. Right. Press reset, I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about. I've already forgotten yeah. what you did yesterday, but the most important thing is that you learn from what you did yesterday and show up today with a renewed mind. I we'll keep making the same. I don't take God's grace and mercy for granted. But what happens when you take his grace and mercy for granted is you begin to get people around you who start saying stuff like this, well, God ain't doing me yet. He's still working on me. And I'm still pumped, still just playing the part of head. and I love God, but I still got a curse. You start saying and making excuses. I, God knows I'm just a man. God knows my heart. You start putting people around you who same excuses and the problem with that is that the sick don't recognize that they sick. Let me tell you what happens in most houses of mercy. You got people, everybody in their sick, they want to pick one sickness that they want to put out. You want to talk about homosexuality, but you don't want to talk about homeowners. You don't want to talk about adultery. You don't want to talk about all that lying you do. You, don't, you want to just sweep them and they want that shit. every one of us should be ready to come to the house of mercy. So this word today tells us that Jesus comes by the house of mercy. I found it strange that somebody got so comfortable that they said we're going to build some porches. Come on yeah. Yeah. Right. Come on yeah. We in the country, ain't we? Yeah. Ain't we? Yeah. The fact that I said ain't we, yeah. is indicative of the fact that we are, yeah. amen. Right. Nothing wrong, I'm from the country. Mm-hmm. Well, since we're in the country, I tell you about County Line, where I'm from. <laughs> on any given day, you drive through the neighborhood on. or the community, on you're gonna find folk, I don't care how early it is, yeah. sitting on the porch. So the porch becomes a place of observation. Some people call it nosy. I'm 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 (laughs) (laughs) just talking about country folk well in the morning they get them a cup of coffee yes, sir. Yes, sir. and come out just to observe yes, don't want to make a difference could be doing something more constructive uh-huh. but rather they want to sit on the porch yes. and right. observe the goings on yes. in the community yes. Not so much to make an educated observation and create from that a thesis or a theory and produce some type of statistic that can help the community. But rather they are there to observe the plight of the community so that they can further contribute to the mess and the goings on in the community. I'm just talking about the porch. The porch is a place where you observe everything you need to understand. And the place where the mailman comes by, you can find out what he got going on. The place where the nip man comes by, you can find out what they got going on. The place where everybody comes by, and they drive by and in the vehicle. You know that too. The place of approach becomes a place of observation where you get comfortable with where you... From the porch. You find out that the things that happen on the porch makes its way to the house of mercy. I find it amazing that there's a direct correlation between Bethesda and the porches. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What happens in Bethesda makes its way to the porches. All right. All right. All right. All right. Business should be porch business Mercy business Should be mercy business There shouldn't be any intertwining Or intercommingling Of what happens on the porch and what goes on in the house of mercy But somehow Jesus sees a way to fit this thing in That on the porch You got some porch stuff that makes it to the house of mercy So what happens is The house of mercy starts looking like the porch All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, y'all yeah, yeah, like that part, so I'm going yeah, yeah. to move yeah. On, yeah. Maybe you yeah. ones that sit on the porch. Maybe you got some family members, but I can call some folk out from where I'm from that I know for a fact if I pass by there tomorrow, there might be a time that they'll leave from the house of porch between 10 and 11. At 10, the news come on. and 11, young and the rest is come on. At 12, it ain't the bold and as the world turns on. So they might take a little break, but they right back on the <laughs> Yeah, trying to find out the goings on. Oh. And so he says that there's five porches where these people have become comfortable. Watch what he says in verse 3. in these lay great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, haughty women, waiting for the moving of the water flake. An angel went down at a certain season, say season. I need you to understand that this is the opportunity Uh see the people on the porch have the same opportunity as everybody else but they're waiting on something to move before they move Uh everybody is not looking for the same thing Uh you gotta understand that those that are on the porch Become poachers, they they get comfortable. They were climbed there. You ever seen them on the porch? They got a chair that they have on the come on on the porch so that they can be comfortable while they are observing. (laughs) What you can't let is let that porch mentality get in you. And you come to church and just become an observer. (laughs) I didn't come to give nothing, I just came to see something. (laughs) Yeah, so the Bible says, watch this. Great multitude of impertints folk, the pine, the halt the river. All of them are waiting for the move of the water. And an angel would come down in a certain season and get into the pool and trouble the water. And whosoever then was first in the trouble of the water, when the water was troubled, stepped in, that person would be made whole of all of their diseases. This reminds me of how the world is sitting around waiting on something to happen. So that they can they're just observing right now, but they're waiting on something to happen, and they ain't gonna come in, but they just look long enough to see. Who getting what so they can criticize What's happening in the church okay. Yeah so the bible says well, Let's get into the good part of the story In verse 5 a certain man was there Which had an infirmity Thirty and eight years It's a long time to lay down, But you'll be surprised how time flies When you caught up in your stuff yeah. you'll, you'll be surprised how Long, you find yourself in something but the Bible says that he found himself there for 38 years and watch this because this is where it gets good to me when Jesus saw him lie when Jesus saw him yeah now let's take just a moment and break this thing down in its noun form this word lie Means to make a false statement with deliberate intent to deceive. Right, man. You right. This man hadn't said anything. All right, all right. But Jesus said when I saw him lie. Hey, hey. Come get this coat. On, man. I got I'm gonna have to get loose. Come on, come get this coat. Baby. Time out. Preach different when I don't have this code on. So what's he said? He says when Jesus saw him lie, everybody say lie. lie. Everybody then told one or two. <laughs> I can't lie. Cause I'm not a good liar. Number one, I'm gonna forget what I lied about number two if you keep on asking me my face is not going to allow me to continue in that life wow. so I'm gonna get a little bit uncomfortable and eventually I'm just gonna tell the truth so Jesus said when I saw him lie, some people ain't got to say nothing yeah. this man hadn't said a word see my sister he was laying at the house of mercy but Jesus said you living a lot yeah. you ain't gotta say a word I can Watch your positioning in the house of mercy. And if I watch your position in the house of mercy long enough, I can tell whether or not you're making a statement and trying to deliberately deceive. Without any you know, to get that, I can break it down a little bit further then. what you're trying to say, Pastor, that you're supposed to be forgiven. You're supposed to be loving and caring. And you ain't got to say nothing. If I watch you long enough, I can watch you come through the door and not speak. You ain't said nothing, but I can tell you lies. See, I, get mad him, just, <laughs> he's laying at the house of mercy, but his whole life has been a lie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All this time he's spent 38 years. else was on the porch. He's come down by the poop, but yet and still he lied. The verb form of this word means to be in a horizontal recumbent or prostrate position as on a bed or the ground to recline. He's gotten comfortable and brought the church or the porch mentality into the house of mercy That's right. That's right. you haven't been to two minute movie shows now you come to church thinking that you're supposed to be entertained i just come to watch the cry. i just came to watch the pastor i just came to watch i just came to observe what everybody else is doing but when you truly see you lying, see you over there lying with your lying chef. I see you looking like you got it together, but truth be told you just like everybody else around here, you might be a little bit closer to the water, but you brought that porch mentality over here, I need you to take that porch mentality back over there, when you come back over here I got some stuff for you, that's what he says to the Bible says that when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, Ask a question wilt thou be made whole <laughs> I found this strange because there's a whole lot of people there but he stops by this certain man That's right. and asks this certain man will you be made whole I found this as the Holy Ghost gave me this revelation that all he needs is a spark <laughs> there are some of us waiting on the whole forest to burn down. But God said every revival starts with a spark. All I need is He said I can help you get out of that bed of affliction but I got to spark something. I can't do something with nothing. You got to You out of your position, but first thing I need to know is do you even want to compete? thou be made and the man in verse 7 answered him and said sir I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool but while I'm coming another step down before me I had a problem with this man making excuses. That's right, that's right. Until I got a little older and experienced some hurts of my own. Ain't no hurt like church hurt. And I can understand how this man feels been coming to church, but I've never had an experience. I've sang in the crowd, but I've never really felt his love. I've been playing these these, uh, instruments, but I've never really felt the power of God. He he said, I've been coming to the house of mercy, but what I've lacked was an experience. And so Jesus says to him, listen to me. All that stuff that's been going on, I need you to forget that. He said, if you'll be made whole, all all I need is a spark from you. All I need is just a glimmer of hope that you can believe me beyond what you see. That you can put aside all of the hurt that you've ever experienced and understand that just because church folk hurt you, I ain't church. I'm the cornerstone of the McDonald's in San Diego, California And going through the drive-thru And the person in that drive-thru get an attitude with you And they mess up your order And you get back to Ridgeboro And say, I ain't never going to no more McDonald's Because of what happened to me in San Diego Now you're going to be looking for a different experience Just because an ass pastor hurt you Don't mean that the next pastor will hurt you Look at somebody and tell them I need mercy! Hey, sorry. So, somebody says, you can get past all of that. I don't need your excuses. I don't need you to tell me what all you've been through. But I understand. If you understand, just say, I understand. See sometimes we believe God but you got so much stuff. You got 38 years of hurt and pain. You got years of disappointment. You got years of people walking out. You got years of people just making you feel like you're nothing. And then all of a sudden somebody shows up and says I have Jesus and you need to experience him and you want to try him but you're going to say what's going to make him any different from everything? What makes this church different? What makes it? That pastor different. Why should I go there? Why should I do this? I've been all of these places. I've experienced all of this hurt. Why? What makes you different? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What I found is that Jesus doesn't even address his excuses. Right. Right. He found the spark. Right. Right. And he gives him three commands. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. Why? Take up your bed oh. and what? walk. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Rise. Take up your bed and walk. Now this is the thing. It looks like nothing's happened. We know because of what we're taught that you're supposed to make a faith confession. Uh-huh. And because of your confession, God will meet your need. But here, something strange happens. This man gives an excuse, and then Jesus acts anyway. And as I was pondering this, looking for an answer, the Holy Spirit said this that man looks at the outward appearance, <laughs> but God looks at the heart. What you see is a man lying. What I Jesus told him first of all And he tells him watch this. He says, Take up your bed. Why is that important? Take up yeah. your bed. Yeah, yeah. Symbolic of two things. Come on now. In those days, the sick would carry their beds with them. So that Wherever they lay uh-huh. That place becomes Their sick place right on come on So when you show up at church You might have come to church But you brought your bed of affliction with you uh-huh. You didn't come to leave it You came to lay on it uh-huh. come on down, So he says to him Take your bed up number one Because I want you to understand this, and I want to send a message to everybody on the porch that you won't be coming back. Rise, take up your bed to let everybody know that you won't be coming back. Let everybody know that the thing that said right
1: there. It still said
0: that what used to be your bed of affliction is now your testimony. If you fast forward in the story, watch what happened. They see the man. They're not even concerned about the fact that he's walking. They see his bed. Y'all ain't gonna talk back to me Y'all gonna sit there Y'all gonna sit like you hear what I'm saying Like everybody in Williamsburg Mongrel and all surrounding areas Don't know about your pain. Until they saw his bed, and they wanted to know what in the world happened to you. We know that you used to be down there at Bethesda. That's right. That's right. All right. All right. What are you doing coming around here with your bed? Nobody addressed the bed while he was laying on it. But when you rise up You can expect Some adversity When you start walking on the road because everybody needs to know what you've been through. So I might not be no longer than hickory and oak. But guess what? I'm gonna do this tour, And I'm gonna let everybody know what the Lord has taught. I'm gonna hold my head up high. I'm gonna hit every church in the area. I'm gonna let them know yeah I used to be but look at God. I used to but look at We're talking about walking the last word the last synoptic word here is the word trample God says what used to cause you trouble now you don't trample under your feet what used to cause you discord, what used to cause you stretch word walk means to advance or travel on foot at a moderate speed or pace. To advance. Somebody shout advance. Or travel at a moderate pace. Watch this. You've been sitting still too long. Says it would be a disadvantage for you Mm. if you were to come off the porch by the pool and you come out running. It would not be advantageous for you. Come on now. Come on now. If you just jumped off the porch yeah, running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he said to the man, I want you to get up, take up your bed, and advance at a moderate pace. Come on, come on. I said, Holy Ghost. You got to give me something on this. He said this to me. When you walk, (laughs) you have an opportunity to listen to what's going on around you. If you were ready, you wouldn't have time to notice. See, you've been laying there for so long that there's been some stuff. Sure. Yeah. see some stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. that you can see if you go fast but when you walk it through that's why david said yeah though no, i walk through. god said you can't miss what I'm, I'm taking you through but don't get in a hurry because somebody don't just pump your brakes just pump your person around a little bit you trying to get through that thing too fast you trying to get the little too quick Clock. Hey. The second definition says that walking can be done for exercise yes, or pleasure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come get these For exercise or It ain't always gotta be that you have some trouble going on. If you want to advance, you can speak over yourself and say, I'm no longer going to be bound by this bed. I've wallowed in this mess for too long. I'm going to rise up And what everybody is saying, I'm going to allow to be my testimony, and I'm just to walk this thing. (laughs) Look at somebody say I'm walking. And I might not be walking because I'm going through some troubles. I'm walking either for exercise or pleasure. I ain't got to be going through nothing. I'm just trying to go. you're walking you hear stuff that you couldn't hear in your car you walk and you begin to feel the rays of the sun you can appreciate his glory you walk and you hear the birds singing and chirping. You walk and you can smell the fresh cut grass. You walk, you hear the dogs barking. You walk, you start hearing stuff that you won't hear when you go in so fast. Look at somebody tell just slow down a little bit. And just walk. He tells the man, I need you to take your time. Got people I need you to pass by and if you run by you can't tell your story walk by and give them a chance to question why you got your bed somebody say walk rise up take up your bed and walk the altar is open Reminded of a story Of a man named Jesus Who they tried to put to shame We do understand that dying on the cross Was the worst way of dying The most embarrassing way of dying But what was supposed to be his shame? What was supposed to be his demise? As he hung there on the cross, the inscription, Enry, written over his head. And they say, look, he's supposed to be the king of the Jews. He may saved so many others can't even save himself. your sins and mine. The Bible declares that somewhere between the 6th and the ninth hour he hung his hand in the locks of his shoulders and he gave up the ghost. The church was broken. The Bible declares that the son to darkness. In. The whole earth shook, trembled. In the temple, the veil was rent from time. They thought that all hope was gone. Until the third day morning, just as Jesus told the man at the pool of Bethesda voice of God, yell to his son, rise! Take up your bed. With every stripe on your back, with your nail-pierced hands, with the hole in your side, says this that he began to walk the streets of Jerusalem showing people that what you thought would kill me it buried me but when my father called for me to rise take off like that but God said not so I need you to walk through this you don't want to miss anything in the process that might cost you the promise I think that's good you don't want to miss anything in the process that might cost you the promise. God's got you coming. Take your time and roll with you. I'm pushing.